after a year, uh, I was telling people I want a Mac and a mic, and I was working hard. One day they walk in, and they got a Mac for me. That Mac that's up there, that's, that's the one. That's the one right there. They got that <laughs> Mac for me, and I, I, I said, oh, snap, I wrapped up. I, I wanted the Mac and the mic, and I got the Mac and the mic. Yeah. I put that in my raps too and stuff. I was like, okay, I'm gonna just talk to people about this. That's what it really is too. <laughs> uh, if if you've ever had a conversation with Ramel, aka Real Jay Wallace, you know this dude is on another level. He's an artist, a poet, a musician. He's the founder of The Church, a space that's brought together some of the most amazing, wonderful, creative people in the city of San Diego. And honestly, this dude has a hell of a unique take on a lot of things in life. He sees things, processes things, expresses things in a challenging and compelling way. Uh, he's hilarious, thoughtful, and this dude has a lot of wisdom to share. I was grateful that even right in the middle of going through something of a crisis with his business, uh, something you'll hear him talk about a little bit, he made the time to sit down and talk about his life, uh, his work, his spirituality, his blackness, a lot, a lot of stuff. By the way, I'm Jordan Eckroth, and this podcast you're listening to is called The Reindeer Club. I hope Ramel's story interests you and challenges you. Enjoy. Thank you for having me again. Yeah, you you actually, you are the first ever, like, repeat guest. Oh, was I the first brother? No, I wasn't the first brother. I'm the first repeat brother. Yeah, well. you're the first repeat anybody. Yes. Repeat brother, repeat, repeat human brother. being. Okay. Yeah. How do you feel about that? Uh, you know, you got to make the, the second a little bit more powerful. You know? Oh, yeah. It's like the second yeah. verse. You got to come in. Yeah, you're bringing the power today? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yo, hey, tell me about your day. Like, how's how's life been treating you? Uh, life is ups and downs, seeing if the church is going to survive, seeing if I'm going to survive. Um, I like being on that little bit of an edge in survival mode. I, I tend to make better decisions. Oh, really? You wouldn't rather just be like comfortable and able to like create from a position of like stability i don't know if stability really exists oh talk about that i don't know i think i think it's a world of of dealing with the human condition and with entropy and with constant change the abundance of life is change and so it's really being about being able to 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 react to to respond and to have audibles because there's so much we don't know about. I mean, we're, we're born, we got to fill up this gap between we die, between us dying and, uh, you know, just make it dope. Just do something dope. Okay. Just, just make it count. Yeah. Yeah. Live like you're about to die because you are. Yeah. <laughs> and that doesn't have to be a bad thing. It just means you need to live twice as hard. Okay. <sighs> hey, so for, for people listening who, I mean, if, you know, somebody has listened to 
every episode. You know, they know they know who you are. They know what you're about. But for anybody who doesn't, could you just like introduce yourself? Talk about who you are, what you do. Uh, my name is Real J Wallace, and I'm I'm the most creative man in San Diego. Uh, I run a business called The Church with a bunch of other people uh, that are part of the neighborhood, part of the collective, and uh, that are open. And we realize the power in creating, the power of creating creators. So we do bad business. We, we tell everybody that they are the gods, that they're the ones that are that empower us. So really it's about them. And uh, that's it. I, I just empower people. I motivate people. I, I try to find what ignites somebody's passions. That, that's what my main thing is. And I feel like I'm the most creative because I'll go around and find other creatives that are the most uh, talented and I'll put myself in the same arena with them and, and I'll spar with them. And uh, I have no problem doing that. It, it's fun to me. And if you defeat me at one of the sparrings, I will come back at you. <laughs> the sparring's not going to end. Okay. Don't mess with uh, Real J, because even if you win, he's going to come back. <laughs> yeah, never. I'll never give up. I'll never give up. Even if you think I did, no, you don't, you don't see that. You didn't see it coming, but it's coming. <laughs> hey, talk about the church a little bit. Uh, what have you been up to here? Oof. It's a long, long story. It's a, it's a story of... Um, Sounds like a grandfather right now. I know, I know. I, I am my own grandfather. <laughs> All right. <laughs> it, it just is unbelievable. We, we got an investment for a video. And that sprouted the first year of the church, that investment. And mm. with that investment, we gave other people opportunities. We opened it up for people that were had small businesses, people that we knew, people that we, we knew had drive. Uh, JR, he was uh, with, uh, what is it called? Uncommon Value clothing company that he has with all his homies, Julian and Julian and, and Keenan and Kyle. And, and forgive me if I'm missing any names. But they were inside the old church, and JR is just one of them hungry people. Like, you got to put yourself around hungry people. He would bring his PC and his speakers down there, and he would be practicing every single day. Mm -hmm. Every day. Uh, we had Bernie in there, and uh, he was selling vinyls from his house. And we told him he could come there and just sell them there. So really, like, not just telling people, but like, oh, you, you're dope, like inviting them in, say, okay, you're dope, then let's spar together in the same room yeah. with each other. And that's how we're going to make each other doper, like keep challenging each other on like entrepreneurial levels, spiritual levels, guidance levels, like making dope shit levels. Mm. And uh, that, that was like one of the, the seasons of the church right there. That was like season 1.5. When we first entered the building, we opened it up to the community. Like 150 graffiti artists came through. How long ago did day. you first open it? You know what? I can't decipher if it's 2013 or 2014. Okay. But that's when the first location was open. Okay. And that was just on some just forget about the regular business model. Let's just fuck shit up. Yeah. So, so the first week, like 150 graffiti artists came in and they, they tagged all over the walls. Everywhere. And it was chaos. It was it was the beautiful decay. It was it was the destruction. Yeah. At at its finest, and there was, there was nothing more beautiful than the community coming together to cause the chaos, the beautiful chaos. Yeah. Well, something I like really admire you is that you were always able to be like 
really honest about this like this the struggle what you're just talking about a moment ago like that's where you're happy and you don't mind like admitting that and so even right now you're mentioning like you're at a place right now where you're not sure if the church is gonna make it can you talk about that a little bit man i mean it's a lot of um differences a lot of different minds some people want to go to they want to take it to another location there's a debate if, you know, is the church a location or is it an idea? For myself, I, I haven't inherited care to this space. But this is the second space, though. Yeah. But this is the one that, for you, like, is stuck. Well, I'm on, I'm on Logan and Samson. My, my, my great-grandma lived right down the street. Yeah. On, on Samson and Julian. And my dad ended up living in that same house. My, my mom grew up in that house. So this is a story of lineage now. Like I'm in, I'm in the same place that my father was stepping mm-hmm. and that my mother was stepping and that my great grandma was stepping. And in that, in that time of the nineties, like you didn't come over here. Somebody had walked up to me and they, they knew it too. They were like, y'all like, it's a paradox that you're even on Logan right now. How are you here as a black dude, as a black person, like for reals? Because there was an imaginary boundary where you didn't cross. So she saw the pilgrimage in the two blocks. There's pilgrimage in that. Like, how are y'all here and y'all are doing this? Every Friday, mixing up with Black Expression. We got like 100 Black people in here. It's really ridiculous what's happening. And it's accepted. I mean, there's, there's people that are not used to what's happening. Mm-hmm. But they come and talk to the people and the conversation to be so open to have the conversation with someone that might be coming in not liking you. It it was it just it breaks down walls. Yeah. And then if you open up the history of Barrio Logan, I mean it was an Asian community down at the Harper's Fishing. It was a black community. It's been a brown community. It's been so many things and plethoras. And so you have to really look at that whole lineage to really get the picture of, of what's going on. Mm-hmm. And the bigger enemies of, I mean, even economics, economical structures. I can't afford my space. I have to Airbnb. And that's why you, some people are, some people are mm-hmm. talking about moving somewhere else. But you want to stay here. Yeah, I want to stay here. Oh, it's that inherited care yeah. in the people. Well, I mean, so just talk a little bit about yourself then. Um, I mean, you grew up around here, kind of through the county you were telling me. Yeah. What was uh, what was life like growing up for you? Life was pretty simple. I was, I was pretty, uh, I wouldn't say paralyzed by my anxieties. I was pretty to myself. Like, I didn't really talk too much. I was just an observer. Mm-hmm. There was a certain point when I realized, like, if I didn't express how I felt or express the observations that I was saying, that I felt a little bit selfish. Mm. Like, I wasn't actually sharing the things that I thought were were really uh, refreshing about life to people. So then other people might not even understand how refreshing their lives are. I was like, dang, I'm keeping this to myself. They're over there. Their life is eating them apart. And I'm, I have little techniques that I'm using to make me happy about life. Yeah. Why would I not give that to somebody? Like I'm gonna just try to, I'm gonna just try to practice giving that to people. Yeah. And at first I sucked at it. Like you got these thoughts and you're like, okay, I'm gonna tell this person, I'm gonna articulate how I feel. 
but then you say it and then you fuck it up. <laughs> you fuck it up. You're like, oh, no, I offended. I done offended this person so much or I said it the wrong way. The new one now is I, I didn't know you're not supposed, supposed to say tranny. Tranny yeah, is out yeah, the window. No, you can't, yeah, yeah, like, that's... that's <laughs> yeah, that's a, no, let's not do that one. No, no, you're supposed to say transgender now. Yeah. I didn't know that. I had to learn. <laughs> but to accept it... Like, we all make mistakes. <laughs> It, used, it didn't used to be bad back in the day, but now it's like, I can't just stick to that experience and say, you know what, it wasn't bad back in my day, so now it, right. it's, it's like, no, nah, it changed, it changed. If somebody don't want to be called that, I ain't going to call nobody that. I'm going to be open to it. Like, Yeah. But my childhood, like, yeah, I was very much in my own head. Mm-hmm. Like, I did not express. I only observed. How old were you when you... Went through that metamorphosis and started being able to express yourself. Probably like mid college. Oh wow! After college. Okay. Yeah. So like all through high school, even you're just kind of a quiet kid. Yeah, I was pretty quiet. I'll do some stuff like that was entertaining or stuff yeah. like that. Would you like make music? Were you making music back then? No, I was in a poetry class. Okay. In, in high school. Yeah. And that really turned me on, and I would listen to like Def Jam poetry, and that would turn me on and stuff like that. But I, it was in high school when I, when I was rapping in my car because my radio broke, and I showed my girlfriend. And then this is, you know, I said I'd I be keen on to people's like how they think, and girlfriends always hype up their boyfriends. So I told, I showed her the rap, and she was like, "Oh my gosh, you're the greatest!" type of kind of thing. Yeah. She was like, "You have to show people," and she starts telling everybody, and then I just had to live up to the story that was that was being created. And I was like, "Okay, I'll, I'll step up to that challenge," and I started rapping. And then, wow, when you when you start to write your feelings and look at the reflection of yourself, that's really when you start to say, "Okay." How, how important is this and how influenced are people by the certain words that I say? Yeah. I remember one time, like, there was a blogger. He hated our stuff. He, he went in on me and, and uh, Leon St. Haran. That's my brother and, and everything. And he didn't like the music. He said it wasn't gangster enough. And then one person had, uh, in the comments, they wrote, like, five paragraphs about my life. Like, exactly how I wrote the lyrics. And he was talking about, like, my auntie had passed away from AIDS and things like this and I was like oh god this is weird but he was totally relating to what I was saying and it was influencing how he thought of me how he thought of himself like uh, the empathy of the situation and being able to relate to living through similar situations Mm -hmm. like showing people raps was how I realized that oh my god like these words are what can I do with these yeah. And then going back and looking at how music had influenced me, and some things just echo inside of my brain forever. And I thought I was the only one thinking it, but then I heard the song and I related to an artist because I was like, oh my God, he's thinking that same thing too. I'm not alone. Yeah. And 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 that feeling of bringing people together, like that's where it's at. Like that's hip hop. Like yeah. you want to bring these cultures together. Even the fact that it. it it wasn't just the raps when it's hip hop. It was mixing these things together. Like, let me mix these subcultures together that were otherwise alone, and mm. let's create something out of out of nothing. Yeah. <laughs> you were in you were in college. Uh, did you start? How long did it take you to start like releasing your music? 
how long did it take to start releasing? Yeah, like your girlfriend is like, oh my god, you gotta put this out there. Like, what did you do with that then? I met with Leon and uh, my girlfriend at the time and him were friends. And so within a month, I did my first show. Wow. I showed him this song. It's called The Breakup Song. You can look it up. It's really dope. Over a Ninth Wonder beat and super storyteller type raps. All right. And uh, we put a mixtape out with that album. Mm-hmm. Or no, with, with that. With that song? With, no, when I did my first performance, we put a mixtape out. Oh, okay. Gotcha. And what's Like straight- a month later. Yeah. So you just, that was just like a, a, a flip with Switch. Yeah. You just were like. I'm going to do it. I'm, you were like all in immediately. I'm a doer. I'm a doer. Yeah. Sometimes I might people be like, what is he talking about? Just watch what I do. <laughs> sometimes I, sometimes it's hard to articulate something, especially when, when it's something that someone's never really seen or you're explaining something that's a little bit new. It's just watch what I do. Words say matter, but they don't matter, but they matter. It's more of what the intention is. You need to have intention with what you're doing. And I go into shit, I go in with mad intention. And so, uh, it's, it's worked so far. We'll, we'll see if I crash and burn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it seems like it's working. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so, you, you started putting the music out. Um, yeah, when you finished college, yeah, what, what was that like? What was, what was the transition like? Okay, wait, so you, you told me you've like, lived in the county your whole life. You went to school around here as well? No, you know what? I, I, I lived like my maybe up to 10 down here. Oh, okay. Going back and forth from my mom to my dad. My dad lived down here. Okay. And then my mom lived over by uh, San Diego State. And then I eventually stayed with my moms. And then we, we moved more East County. So okay. then I got exposure to that, which is a lot. There's a lot of bros and a lot of stars and stripes, and it's it's just different. I got exposed exposed to like the East County white kids, mm. and and that was that was an eye opener for that was a real flip to me. Yeah, and so but I I needed it. I, I didn't know that perspective, and I really got to 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 learn it. Right. Wait. So where did you end up going to school at State? I went to San Diego State, yeah. San Diego State. And I didn't I didn't finish, I was just finished. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, was... You were finished. Yeah. KO'd. Yeah. <laughs> so, so then yeah, what did you uh you you were finished with school and yeah. what was next for you? Well when I finished I did the old uh Hillary Banks trick. I just tried to act like I was going to college still. Oh, <laughs> and that could only work for like a year just in case anybody wants to try it it can only work for a year and then your parents will find out <laughs> no um I, I just started doing a lot of shows okay I mean, me and Leon probably did three shows a month for about three years wow we hit up like every single bar um we just it was just like having dinner together Type yeah. of thing. Like some people have dinner, some people go rock shows. Yeah. Like we just put ourselves out there. We was rapping in front of everybody. We was jumping in, in, into ciphers and analyzing hip hop and, and, and discovering it. And then uh, I guess side note, like one thing too, as I'm as I'm rapping my future into existence, mm-hmm. I, I I saw things being spoken to existence. 
and I saw that how powerful it was. And then I go back in hindsight and look at these like VH1 specials and they're like, he rapped about the cars and the gold and then he got the cars and the gold. And then they just keep talking. And I was just being my head like, what the, what did you just say? Mm-hmm. He talked about it and then it happened. Yeah. That's complete alchemy. That don't make no sense that that could happen. And to get it, to get more intrigued by that, like, wait, wait, wait. I could use this vehicle to actually create myself. Yeah. And then I'll go look back at religions and I'm like, oh, wow, they've been doing this this whole time where they make these things like, like, oh, man, design is so important. The cross, the design, oh, bomb. The Quran, the design of the Quran is, oh, God, that look, oh, it feels so good. To You're going to need to unpack this one a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Because I feel like when most uh, Christians think about the cross, they're not thinking about how the design is so bomb. Oh, the design so is elaborate. so good. Like, it's just, that's what's so captivating. Like, even the story, the story is a design. Okay. Story, like, art is what is, the, is this fundamental, like, translator yeah. for, for feelings and, and really wanting to... Capture an idea and make that 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 feeling last forever. Mm. You want that feeling to last forever when the entropy is real and it's not going to last forever. It's yeah. our last desperate stride for for eternity to exist. Yeah. It's like, you know what, let me capture this smile, let me capture this frown, let me capture this breakup that I'm going through, let me capture this divorce so that I can give this to my children and they can learn and the evolution can continue and get better in some type of way. Yeah. But like you go through the Bible when when they when people couldn't even read it. They was looking at the mosaics so they can know the story. Mm-hmm. But I, I've always found that it's art that continues to influence the most. Even when they took during the Renaissance, the the with like the Medici family or whatever the family was, they put themselves right at the birth of Christ because they knew people would look at that artwork and then associate them with the highest of the gods. Yeah, it's like wait a minute, I could do I could do that to myself. Yeah, I'm just gonna do that to myself. <laughs> I'm gonna be the I'm gonna be my own author to my life, and yeah. I'm gonna just start writing, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna write the dopest stuff. Are you kidding me? Yeah, <laughs> they talk a little bit about like your own journey with your faith. Uh, uh, I, I, I grew up Baptist mm. and it's, it's hard not to be, <laughs> but, uh, I, I, def, I definitely dealt with, um, going through a, a, a atheist and nihilist state. Yeah. What, where, when did that start? When did it start? I guess, I guess going to college and learning about philosophy and just mm. really, really like separating from from my parental thoughts and and stepping into my own thoughts and saying, you know, like maybe I don't agree with the idea of people burning in, in hell for eternity or that certain people shouldn't be accepted and, and, and learning about other religions and really being open as a person. And, and, uh, but at first it was, a, it was a severe like depression of like nihilism, atheism. Yeah, and I feel like Western Western philosophy and civil civilization takes you to that point, where it gets to this 
stint where it's like nothing exists and nothing matters and you don't matter and and people don't matter. <laughs> but yeah. then it, it, it turns on itself because a lot of Eastern philosophies are saying nothing is actually the platform for everything in an infinite existence. And so it's kind of a, I've always I've always aligned it to my 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 skin and my melanin because I feel like most metaphors, even if you go through the Bible, the metaphors for darkness and to be aligned to to being actually dark. Yeah, it's not good metaphors. I remember the, a time where my cousin, he was he was a person who would always oppose. I actually I didn't have to oppose most of my life because he would always oppose. And he was in we was in Bible study class and he was like no why is the darkness bad and why is the why is white why is that purity why why yeah he was like why he was getting upset by it and it is it is the metaphors for whatever your creed is or whatever you're born to if they're only presented to you in a negative way Mm -hmm. that will reflect on who you are in your being yeah if they're presented in a positive way then that will also reflect on your being. Yeah. And then so me even flipping that idea of nothingness or darkness or not knowing uh, into uh, learning about Hinduism, mm-hmm. uh, learning about unwritten religions, because a lot of this stuff is like written history is what the truth is. When there's so, the majority of history is written mm-hmm. and is impossible to be written. So... You can go. You can take it back to Hinduism, which which goes into darkness and flipping it. But you can take that even back to African and 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 folk telling. And so me even re rediscovering who I was as a person was like, I can't I can't walk through my life with darkness being associated with negative. I don't believe in that, and I'm I'm not that. But it was it was a a, a crazy twist from a lot of different angles where it's like. No, I have to re-engineer myself because I've been socially engineered to hate myself. You said you uh, were real captured by that idea of through your music, through your rapping, like speaking things into existence. At that time, what did you start speaking about? Well, well, this is uh, religion. This is uh, after college. Dang, what was I speaking about at that time? Yeah, when you realized that you could like call things into existence, that alchemy. It was when I had flipped stuff. I was working at a school. I was really in the education system. And all I wanted was a Mac and a mic. That's it. Mm -hmm. I was working at a Platt college, and the students would record me for free because I was their test dummy. And I recorded the album with Abjo there. Oh, man. It was... That was the playground where I could do and, and create whatever I wanted to. And I was working with them for about a year, like, dedicated. After work, I would walk right over there. I'd kick it with Mark and everything with Break Break TV. After a year, uh, I was telling people I wanted Mac and a Mac, and I was working hard. One day, they walk in, and they got a Mac for me. That Mac that's up there, that's, that's the one. That's the one right there. They got that <laughs> Mac for me. And I, I, I said, oh, snap. I wrapped up. I, I wanted the Mac and the mic, and I got the Mac and the mic. Yeah. I put that in my raps, too, and stuff. I was like, okay, I'm going to just talk to people about this. That's what it really is, too. Whatever idea you have, uh, talk to people about it. It'll almost make it, um, they'll be accountable for you. Mm. And then they're, they're your thoughts 
I do believe in a lot of things from church. Like I believe in prayer. I believe if everybody is thinking about something similar, that it's more likely to happen. So if everybody is thinking about Ramel with a Mac and a mic, he'll probably get a Mac and a mic. Okay. If everybody's thinking like we should uh, do this about global warming, that's probably going to happen because everything starts with that certain thought. But it's like yeah. once it becomes communal, then then a real action can be applied. Mm-hmm. But when it's just like when I'm just by myself because I'm paralyzed by the anxiety, it can't grow as, as much as it needs to. Right. So I was stuck in that anxiety as a child and I didn't let it go. And I, once I started letting it go, I saw, I saw how, how far it could spring. Mm. Okay, so I want to ask now about something like specific that recently happened. Uh, you got the opportunity to go speak in front of 500 people. Uh, have, you ever, have you ever spoken to that many people before? Not no nah, not five hundred. I think I, I I think I spoke to maybe three hundred, maybe two hundred. Okay. Which was phenomenal, crazy. But five hundred, and these were adults too. Yeah. Uh, supposedly the top creators in San Diego. I was, yeah. I was honored. I was, I spoke that one into existence. Yeah. Okay. So so the event for for anybody unfamiliar, Ramel recently spoke at Creative Mornings San Diego. Which is like a monthly gathering, yeah, of like San Diego's, uh, you know, creative community. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's open to anybody who wants to show up on a Friday morning to like hear somebody speak on some topic related to creativity. And there's, you know, coffee and donuts. And yes. Romel, talk about how you spoke that into existence. Because I love that. I, <laughs> I mean, love this. <laughs> I remember I went to the first one. Uh, I forgot who was speaking, but uh, it was about being uh, not censoring yourself and and really getting to know yourself by not censoring yourself, especially with other people. And so <laughs> I was like, OK, I guess <laughs> I guess I'm going to just feel the feelings that I'm feeling. And when I was there, it was just so white. It was just so white. And I was like, like the audience, like everything. Yeah, but there's something about the the speaking world, the TED Talks, is a little bit of a privileged dialogue. Like, a brother has trouble applying those things to his life. Yeah. And uh, I noticed that. And when I went there, I kind of felt that. But I know there's so many things I can gain from it, really and honestly. But I know a lot of brothers that would go to something like that and, and be like, I'm not going back. This is not for me. But I'm the type to enter the void. And so I said uh, to a bunch of people, I put it in their brains. I said, you know what? I'm going to speak at, at Creative Mornings one day. Watch. <laughs> I said, watch. And I knew it. I knew I was. And I just kept going to them and kept, you know, learning what was going on and making myself stand out. I remember there was a contest one time and they said, you know, okay, look under your chairs. and We're going to find the winner. And uh, everybody looked under their chairs and nobody, nobody won. So after the creative mornings, I looked under every chair. So imagine a black dude sweating. I was it was I was sweating, going under every single chair, <laughs> just like a little black dot standing out. And and I took I took all the best pictures on on the little scam thing. And um, when did you find the thing under the chair? I didn't find it. They oh. still didn't have it. Oh no! <laughs> they still didn't have it. It's like a scam or something. 
I, won, I ended up winning the contest. I told them that there was it was nowhere, and I, I won the contest. <laughs> and then I couldn't go. It was, it was funny. But um, then, like, maybe two years go by, and, and they hit me up, and they're like, it was an Instagram message, and they say, yo, um, I remember you speaking this into existence. Like, we would like to have you actually speak at Creative Mornings. And so I was like, <laughs> I was like, oh man, I better be careful what I'm trying to speak into existence now, because <laughs> it might happen two years later. But but that's that's the journey in, into doing that. Yeah, how did it go? It went good. I remember I was gonna, um, I was telling everybody I'm gonna say Nick eighty times, <laughs> and I didn't. But I I I think I, said it, I think I said it like fifteen times. Okay, maybe. Yeah. And so I don't know how much they liked that. I don't know. There was kids there. Were you trying to like read the audience and see how they felt about it? <laughs> no, I was just dropping them. I was just, <laughs> I was just dropping them left and right. Yeah. Do you think they're going to invite you back? I think, I don't know. On the email, it didn't sound like it, but oh, I know. I think he's bad. I think they're bad at emails. I think they're bad at emails. If they invite another brother or sister back, just somebody that's diverse, like a woman, a Muslim woman, uh, uh, something, something that people just don't know about. It's it, people want to learn about perspectives that they don't know about. I was a perspective that they didn't know about. Like I was, I was trying to take them those roles, but I know what I look like, and then I know how I actually was raised, and so I know I look like I know I'm a very nice black person to white people. Yeah, you're so nice. <laughs> no, no, you're too nice. I know, I'm, I'm, Hey. Yeah, dude, when I hit you up for that podcast, I don't know how many people would have been down to, like, help me put that podcast together in the fall. That's interesting to me. To me, it's a double-edged sword, and I feel like we're, as black people, we're, we're forgetting parts of the puzzle. Because both sides have been traumatized in the sense of, like, if you murder somebody... There's trauma in the murder, and there's trauma in the murder. Mm-hmm. Like, I was talking to this black dude at, at the school, because, you know, there's not a lot of brothers at school. And so the teacher, like, the black teacher will come up and talk to you about black stuff, no matter what, even if you don't want to. And he's like, you got to imagine what slavery did to to us, but you also have to imagine what it did to the counterpart, to mm-hmm. other people. And... Not really just to sympathize, but to, to understand uh, that people treat other people like almost how they treat themselves. So if you hate yourselves, you're going to treat other people worse. So if I, if I don't help in the fixing of, of, of that part as well, then, then uh, it's not going to work. Yeah. And it might sound weird, but it's a different type of tool. Like you have to use a different tool to destroy the master's house. You have to con- you have to con- create another tool. Yeah. And so it, it's a it's a different type of tool, but it's like, yo, like I ran into this girl that didn't know about slavery. You did. She was 22, 23. We we I came into her house and she was watching 12 Years of Slaves. Yeah. And and before I was like, I'm not watching this shit with you. It was this white girl. And long story short, we ended up watching it. I lost the battle. And like he gets drunk and then he wakes up and he's he's a slave and then the guy's beating him 
right when he gets whipped, she runs out the room. And I'm like, are you fucking serious? It's a comedy show. She upset because I'm black. I'm the black dude. <laughs> yeah. But I go and I like comfort her. And she says, like, she didn't know slavery was like that. She didn't know it was like that. She thought the wages was bad. Wow. And I'm like, I'm baffled. This is, uh, some moments is like acid trips where it's like, like, what were you even exposed to? Like, what are you, what is your demographic to even people being upset or angry? Like, what were you even shown? And I've, I've been, I've met so many, I, there was this little girl that came up to me and she asked me why my skin was so dirty. She didn't know what, she didn't even know what a black person was. Mm-hmm. And it's not like it's just about that, but those moments of just the experiences that I had, it's interesting. And people need to know. And I'm so, we're guarded by our blackness because we feel like it gets stolen every time or it gets perverted in some type of way. So we don't share so much of ourselves. Like even like the reflection of how what I did to myself as a child and what we choose to give the world as black people is almost like aligned in the same way. Like I don't want to, there's so much anxiety and, 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 and trauma in it that I don't, that we don't want to really expose ourselves. That's why you have so much cloudiness in the black community, whether it's like, uh, you can't talk about mental health issues. You can't identify yourself as weak, like depression, things like that don't really get acknowledged. Like we gotta, we gotta own up to our vulnerabilities a lot more and, and own up and be able to accept other people's vulnerabilities and then say, okay, how do we fix this in some type of way? Mm-hmm. And, and step into the same room and have these conversations that we don't want to have. Because ultimately it's just a like don't listen to the media. Those are two extreme versions of of both ideologies and they talking together and they never confront because that stuff is entertaining. When you talk to a regular person on a day-to-day they're probably going to be pretty like level-headed and you can meet and just talk and, and come to a common ground. Yeah. Not all the way, but for the most part, it's, conversation is extremely powerful. Mm-hmm. And exposure, I think it's called exposure theory, or I might just say that. If you expose somebody to something that they don't know about, no matter what, and you do it a lot of times, they're going to get used to whatever that is. Mm-hmm. So... I've just decided to start doing it. Maybe that's a part of it, but something you said just a moment ago, if you could maybe like talk about your thoughts on what tools do you use to tear down the master's house? I know that empathy is a, is a major tool and, and letting go and, and really completely destroying your ego, your creed, uh, what you think of yourself, like the idea of I, Completely dissolving it is, is a technique that I use. Another technique that I use is, uh, I mean, going into Hinduism and the idea of reincarnation is I believe in it fully. I believe there's no beginning and or ending. And I've died and resurrected an infinite amount of times into everything. So I believe the beings and the people that I talk to are just merely reflections. And I'm just talking to myself. I'm talking to myself from another perspective, another life form, another another past life. And it's just a bunch of 
me's, but I'm you too. Yeah. If somebody doesn't like believe that literally, do yeah. you think we can get to that same level of empathy? They'll find it in something. Some people might find it in Christ. They might. Someone might find it in just like enjoying some type of good songs and vibes and dancing with people. I, I feel like using art forms to speak to people instead of just instead of just talk. If you can't get it through conversation, you might want to you know step into somebody's art form mm. and see how they how they see the world. But like really sit in it, really sit in it. Maybe even if you do talk to them, don't say anything. Just listen to a long story. Mm-hmm. Don't think about anything. Meditating, finding stillness. I feel most of my, my good thoughts come in that stillness. Yeah. Like allow for the chaos to happen because it's going to happen no matter what. The interview is going to happen. Death is going to happen. The human condition is going to be there. But if you can find stillness, you can find um, you can find joy in those things. Mm-hmm. And that stillness, that nothingness, that's that's darkness to me. Like step into that and, and for myself it feels good. It feels good to do, but I don't know, I can't I can't speak for everybody, honestly. Okay. Okay, so here's something that I want you to take a stab at. So you're talking about like you know, something necessary is the death of ego. Mm-hmm. And you also started out this conversation by saying that you're the most creative person in San Diego. Oh, yeah. Which yeah. sounds on a surface level like a kind of ego type yeah, state. Totally. Totally. No, but like I've been trying to articulate it, but like there's the ego of like I'm better than someone. And then there's the ego of like, I don't know if it's more metaphysical, but like the idea of I, ego, the flesh ego. The, is it the super id like the that that this is this perspective this chunk right here is what life is and that's what existence is to let go of that that ego the ego of I I was born I see my life through this perspective and and this is more significant than others mm-hmm. more so of that uh, that level of ego then, like, uh, I don't know, I feel like that's a, more of a surface level. You feel like, I'm dope, or like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. like that, or, or that's might even go into self-esteem almost. Yeah. I feel like you should have some sort of self-esteem. Yes. But also, on, a, on another level, like, be able to, to know that you don't know anything. So once you, once you reach the level of, you know, you accept that you don't know anything, you know how playful it is to say that you're the best ever. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> from my perspective, over here on the other side of the balloon, I'm the best. <laughs> but I know how, how you know, it's another star in the galaxy. You know, so It's a lot of stars out there. It's a lot of stars. I hope to battle institutions. One of my favorite battlers is, uh, is Daylight. And he battles like he battles rap leagues. He he doesn't just battle battlers. He battles rap leagues and like certain chunks. Mm-hmm. I think I want. I think I like to battle like you know creative mornings. <sighs> battle like Clear Channel. Battle uh, iHeartRadio. Battle the Grammys. Okay. You know I want to battle those. Um, um, 
the battle college. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I want to battle these institutions. That's what I want to do. I want to battle the the, uh, the pharmaceutical companies. That's what I want to battle. Oh, I can't wait to battle them. This is me speaking to this bunch. The next thing is uh, politics. I don't know how I'm going to get into it, but I'm going to get into politics. Okay. Are you going to, uh, at your campaign rallies, make all the white people say... I, I do hope to. Okay. <laughs> I do hope to. Yeah. Ramel, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you. Thank you.